0: The Recovery Greenhouse is a podcast dedicated to the growth of ideas, concepts, and outlooks that support recovery and recovering communities. I'm Gerald Watt, your host and a person in long-term recovery. I'm also founder and executive director of Salt Valley Voices of Recovery. We're a recovery community organization serving Northwest Illinois. I'm a certified recovery support specialist, entrepreneur, a father, and and after a long list of callings, I, I found my career should be helping others to find recovery. Um, I work with many, many people every day. I I drive people back and forth for treatment. I work on many uh, advisory boards. And, And my core belief is that people must make an effort to change their lives for recovery. There's a saying, no pain, no gain, and it's exactly correct. A person cannot experience significant life changes without enduring, accepting, and often welcoming discomfort. It isn't the change that hurts. It's our resistance to it. Um, today, my episode is, is brought to you by Debo's food trailer. Um, they've gotten really popular in town. Uh, they certainly put a few pounds on my waistline. Um, and uh, if you get a chance, stop by them. They're usually in the YMCA parking lot in Dixon. Uh, great, great food. My guest today, a good friend, uh, somebody who I, I, I hears. Their name come up in conversation all throughout the community and always in a good way it is pastor michael cole of the worship center and the dixon church of the brethren pastor cole how you doing
1: i am well gerald thank you that i can echo those sentiments i've heard nothing but great things about you my brother thank you thank
0: you you know we we we've met uh, and we we've we've te- teased that we were going to put something together for a couple years now, and it's starting to come together. And I'm I'm really excited to see where things can go, because, you know, I, when I first came to town a few years back, um, there were several people that I met out in the recovery world who said they were finding recovery through the worship center. You know, how how does recovery fit into the worship center?
1: Well, it's pretty fascinating. Um, Much of my personal background goes back um, almost 45 years uh, where substance abuse, alcohol abuse, and um, living through the the context of a litany of um, problems, subsequent problems with um, the abuse and re- and then subs- and then the recovery process that happened as we continued to find this thing that many people call bottom. And as I found my niche or my place uh, in ministry, uh, that continued to grow in the process of helping other people who had gone through some of the similar issues or were in process of going through um, addiction uh, issues in their lives. And so I found that niche of assisting other people with um, recovery, uh, walking through addiction processes. And so I have been sharing in The recovery community in different aspects for a little more than 35 years now
0: Hmm. okay and 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 you know that first of all thank you you know as a person in long-term recovery you know there can never be enough resources there can never be enough open doors um so thank you for doing that When when you say that you you you've been dealing with this for 45 years are you in recovery or no?
1: Yes, I am in recovery personally. Oh, okay. Um I didn't realize for, that.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Yes. For um, every bit of 37 years myself, Um and taken different avenues. As you know, there are um, many different avenues where recovery is concerned. Um, but the bottom line is, is that we, we do find um, some truth in the context that um, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And you know? we, <laughs> yeah, you no, know? we have we've lived, have lived that um, dynamic, and then found that that are um, needed to find a right way to to find direction
0: you know you talk about the many paths to recovery there's there's 12 step there's faith based there's activity based there's all these different things i mean in the end for me 12 step was the way but even that in truth is i needed to find my 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 god i needed to find my faith that life gets better and and you know i i, I don't want to sound like i th- I, I'm telling people, oh, God comes in and he starts pulling these, you know, marionette strings like a puppet. But I right. believe that life gets better. You know, because I was at, as you said, rock bottom. And I thought that tomorrow will be rock bottom again. And the day after that. And if, if the truth is that life is never going to get better, then why do anything about it? But once I once I once I found faith that my God wanted me to have a happy, successful life, it became a lot easier to get through tomorrow. I, I don't know if that makes sense.
1: It makes total sense, and I I agree a hundred percent. um if you're speaking from the context of twelve steps, your first couple steps is is faith based in context, and we have to be able to know. Um, where we're standing, and that in and of ourselves, we cannot um we cannot fix ourselves. And when we come when we come to those points of realization, that's when real truth happens. Faith um happens, in my view, from um one other component, and that is hope. Um, often when people uh, fall into The full context of of addiction, um, they often lose hope. I have a simple acronym where hope is concerned, and that is simply um, having only positive expectations. Mm. Uh, Hope means that we have only positive expectations. When we lose hope, then... Um, and which is part of that um, bottom, or part of that place that we find ourselves in, we often lose hope and don't know what to do. Recovery, um, regardless to what path that is, now begins to instill or re instill hope and give us the opportunity to begin to move forward and see that there. Is a better life that there is more opportunity that we can recover uh, in our lives personally. We can recover with our families. We can recover as as viable community uh, people of, in a community. There's there's that hope that now begins to speak to life and and bring difference and change for other people.
0: Pastor, man, come on now. You you didn't say you didn't said it all. That that I love that having only positive expectations. We we got to get some t shirts going for the church, man. We got to raise some money. But uh, <laughs> but like, you know that one, wow. You know because you, you're so right. With you know in my opening, I said that I, I I have to experience pain or discomfort. You know the, the thing is. To get to tomorrow, to get to my 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 vision of tomorrow is not going to be easy. You know, if I want a million dollars, I got to work for it, right? And work doesn't mean going down the water slide, you know? Work means going up the water slide when it's dry. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? yeah. And and yeah. that's how I get to my happy, right? That's how I get to a good relationship with my family or my wife is the work, the discomfort. And when I was using, I, I was hiding from that discomfort. You know what I'm saying? I, I My life, yeah. Yeah. it wasn't for the bad things that the drugs and alcohol were doing. My life was great. I didn't have no job. I didn't have to be up at no time. Nobody expected anything <laughs> of <you> me, <know? laughs> right? you know yeah it was great it was (laughs) it was painless because that's what that's what drugs and alcohol is about is covering and not experiencing that pain but having (laughs) hope as you said having (laughs) an idea that you know if i do this today it'll get better tomorrow um yeah yeah, we gotta do t-shirts man (laughs)
1: yeah it's 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 a truth man and and um, i I live in every day, and we assist people in finding uh, those deliverables of hope uh, each day as well. It's fascinating um, when you see people from all walks of life, um, any economic stratus, you know, they they have found themselves uh, in these hopeless situations or they' found themselves at a place to where um they're they're just going and going and um going through that repetitive cycle uh, for me um part of the addiction was working um, a lot of um uh, people who go through the addiction process are also workaholics mm-hmm. and they 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 it's part of the basic makeup and uh and and they use um, the work to reach that i uh, expected addictive end and it helps in the in your uh, your words of that covering up and 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 they continue in that process all while thinking that they're okay um because they're going to work every day uh, but but really it's it's creating um uh, a, a, more difficult cycle um, because it it can fool you into thinking that hey I'm doing okay I'm still going to work every day even though I'm using ninety uh, percent of my paycheck uh, to to get drugs or alcohol it's I'm still going to work and and we we find that functional place um, for for difficulty where there's more difficulty to find recovery.
0: You know, the, the, the interesting thing, man, is that there's addictions out there. Everybody uses addiction for the same thing, to cover, right? So I don't have to feel the pain of something, whatever that may be. But the addiction doesn't have to necessarily be drugs and alcohol. I, I was driving a young man this morning back from treatment and I admitted to him, I still have a lot of addictions. Um, I work too much my gym shoe just ridiculous amounts I don't even need them I, I bring them home and my wife's like really again but it's not necessarily that I want the gym shoes I like the feeling I get of buying things you know somewhere in my mind I've learned if I buy something it takes away the negative feeling and that do that too much but i'm working on it but i never died from having too many gym shoes i could die from <laughs> using too much drugs or alcohol so i focus right. on what will kill me but um yeah it, it, it's just interesting i i gotta ask you hold on one second i gotta call
1: mm-hmm. my allergies are killing me Oh no, i'm um, sorry
0: I'm looking at a flyer for a uh, seminar that you're doing in September. Yes. It's Charles Larry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me about it.
1: Well, um, Charles Larry is one of our ministers at the worship center. Um, and he's gone through uh, a number of personal difficulty and tragedy in his life. Um, But he has he's written a book entitled Stay and um, you have to get him on your podcast and have an opportunity to speak to and get to know him. Um, But he he wrote this book because he found out after a short period of time that his youngest daughter was contemplating suicide that um she had really stepped into some areas of suicidal ideation and he wasn't even aware of what was going on under his own roof uh he has a charles has a degree in psychology and uh, sometimes you and i both know that we we can fool ourselves in our educational process thinking that we know or should recognize Different things that take that are taking place around us, but actually we do not know. But um, him finding this out really um, put Charles on a quest for understanding the issues of suicide, uh, m- mental health issues, and um, and then his desire to want to help people. Um, move forward in their lives um, beyond beyond suicidal ideation and into the directives of uh, finding the help and and getting the help that they need. The title of his book is Stay S T A Y, and it is simply um, based on what his daughter shared with him that she instead of committing suicide she decided to stay and when she decided to stay she was able to move forward in her life as you know m- many addictions um if, if they get through some treatment plan and processes we, we find that there are different dual diagnoses that are involved with um, those who are walking through the addiction process. So this seminar is really centered around assisting people in being able to recognize what may be happening under their own roof or on their workplace or around situations or people who are, who may be struggling with um, suicide or struggling with Uh, mental health in different areas.
0: You know, the um, interesting
1: thing, and and you said some
0: people have co-occurring disorders. I believe it to be 100%. I believe (laughs) it's just the way I I see the world and and I see addiction, right? And, uh, And, you know, part of my story is that uh, April 17th of 2008 I'm 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 getting high losing my mind I had given up I, I had been sober for 14 years I relapsed over a bad relationship mm-hmm. and three four months later I find myself holed up in a bedroom you know by myself drinking vodka smoking crack cocaine and mm-hmm. I uh, got down on my knees and I say God I don't want to do this no more Either help me, or kill me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. please do one, and uh, thankfully, God helped. You he got help. So I understand what you mean when you say I just he she decided to stay. Mm-hmm. But we all know that staying comes with a cost. It right? does. You got to you got to go through some things. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I will definitely. Extend the invitation to Charles. I would like to hear more about that. You know, it's big stuff. What is your, what are your churches? You're with two churches now. What are your churches doing
1: to welcome in people with, with issues of substance abuse? And, and, and... I think it's um, kind of fascinating. We, we have worked Um, again, part of my um ministry from, from, the very outset, I'm from Freeport originally, and the church that I was a part of, um, we assisted, um, on a local recovery group there. Um, and I kind of spearheaded in picking, picking, um, people who were, who were in the recovery center up and bringing them the church to start finding some, uh, some foundation and direction in their lives. Uh, there was a, a gentleman there in Freeport who was from Dixon, and um, once he got out of treatment, I gave him a ride to Dixon, and he wanted to continue to come to church there in Freeport, and periodically I would pick him up. To make that long story short, um, we ended up uh, taking, bringing a church van uh, down and we realized to pick people up and we realized that uh, there was a need for more ministry here in this area. Um, So my central focus continued to be um, assisting people who were struggling with addictions uh, and in and out of Um, the cycle of um, of addiction recovery etc so much of my life is uh, in ministry has been centered around recovery so we had meetings in our church from the very outset Um, and then I've been honored to be pastoring the Dixon Church of the Brethren which also happened to be of another church whose, had, whose doors were open for the recovery community. So I'm, I'm honored to be pastoring two churches who are very much involved in uh, the recovery community. And um, and I can promise you that we will continue to do that. That is very much a part of of who we are.
0: I was uh, I was a part of the Church of the Brethren getting that meeting going. Um, a couple people and I wanted mm-hmm. to find a place to do a new meeting. And they said, Gerald, call some churches. And uh, Church of the Brethren was the first church I called. This is 19 wow. years ago. First church I called and I said, yeah, I want to do a meeting. Yep. Come on. Let's do yeah. it. And uh, yeah. they gave us a room. And uh I don't know if any of us thought that it was gonna last, you know, because there were some times where it was just two, three people in there. And uh now, you know, I think the group that shared the room with us has moved out and it's pretty much dedicated to that. There's my group has two meetings there, Wednesdays at nine and in the morning and Sundays in the evening at seven, I believe it is. And then there's a women's group that meets there. Uh saturdays at 9 a.m and uh that's a super strong group all of these are alcoholics anonymous but um i'm sure there's other activities over there for people in recovery but the church has just been nothing but welcoming and so supportive and i know at it, it, the wednesday morning meeting the, the one i go to most um on any given wednesday you have nine ten people around the table and you have 300 400 years of sobriety you know it's it's beautiful 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 things thank you that's amazing thank you to your congregations so so where does dixon well hold on you know what before we do that let me take a break and we're going to pay a few bills here and 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 talk about debos this episode of the recovery greenhouse is brought to you by debos food trailer service that includes deliveries and catering their delicious signatures include the monster burrito tacos grande nachos and hey you're not up for a signature then and try the Philly Cheese steak sandwich for lunch or for dinner they got new specials offered all the time and it's a great menu man. it's a great menu I love eating there it's right outside my office I'm there all the time kids eat free every Wednesday they're usually located at the YMCA north parking lot there on Galena in Dixon you can follow them on Facebook to find their daily locations though. Um, you're looking for fantastic food for your next event, have Debo's cater your next lunch or dinner event. Debo's also delivers. You can call 779 861 4945 or write to them at Debos Service at gmail.com. They're also available for you know parties, festivals, more. Just just call Debos today come and get you some at uh, Debo's food truck in Dixon, Illinois. Okay. All right. So we're <laughs> back with pastor Michael Cole of the worship center and Ch- Dixon church of the brethren. Um, just before we broke, I was, I was going to ask you pastor. So, so what do you think happens in the Dixon Sock Valley area? Where does this thing go now to make a, uh, a community that's, that's more, uh, welcoming, or or supportive of people in recovery?
1: I think there's a couple of things that need to continue to happen. Um, Certainly um, number one, which is first and foremost, uh, on my heart is making sure that we're understanding the other components of Narcotics Anonymous and that recovery community uh, there I think to some point, that's one of, one of the areas that's kind of dear to my heart, but I think at some point uh, the recidivism rate can, can um, fluctuate and change and maybe be a little, um, a little more difficult and in that particular recovery community. And I'd really like to see there continue to be some growth and increase where um narcotics in a is concerned um the other component in our growth uh, process is um that the mental health component that we spoke of earlier the the greater level of education where overall mental health is concerned and the and the um understanding in the community overall where mental health is concerned is gonna assist um, the entire recovery community uh, better because there we will find more support in my view um, or for change will continue to happen far too often, far too long, there was this um, a simple mindset with those who were not going through the addiction process that, um, in essence, and just they would just say that, well, you just need to quit. And uh, and those who may have dabbled with drugs and alcohol and were able to quit, could not understand the process or the issue of addiction. Um, and and could and would not really support um, the necessary parameters that needed to be put in place to change and um, to change uh, addiction societally, I think that is changing now and the more education where mental health is concerned and mm-hmm. really grasping. The components of um, all areas of addiction, as you had mentioned, Gerald, to to really create change, will that's where we have to stay at it, and that's where um, we have to keep moving towards.
0: Well, you know, let's break that into two pieces. So, uh, one is you know NA, mm-hmm. um, and then the other is the mental health. And I want to make sure we get back to mental health. I'm making a note, but NA. Great, great program, seen it work, do miracles. I've seen it not work. The, the mm-hmm. key to me is what happens outside the meeting. There's a great guy that I knew up in Rockford named Terry P who used to say, the meeting is the pit stop, but the race is out there. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, the thing is, I found when I came to this community that there wasn't a whole lot supporting what I was hearing in the meeting. The pit stop was good, but the race was whooping me.
1: Understand. You know? uh-huh.
0: And and and, and and the reason was there was nobody to be in world with. When I say in world, mm-hmm. if somebody invited me out to do something, they were putting a drink in my hand. Yeah. You know? And so I'm going to a meeting, and I'm trying to have a new life, and for that one hour a day, you all are telling me, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol, it'll be all right. But for the other 23, the world is just telling me, have one. And so when we started Salt Valley Voices of Recovery, that was a big part of what we were trying to do was say, Wonderful. hey. The Super Bowl is coming. Let's have a sober Super Bowl party. We called it the Sober Bowl party. We did everything you wow. do at, at a Super Bowl. We had a pool and you could win you a few dollars. We had a chili cook-off. You know, we had wings. We just didn't have any beer or drugs. And it was a great time. And I think that until we get more things like that for people to do, then groups like NAAA are not going to metastasize they're not going to uh, metastasize okay. the bad to use but you know what i'm saying they're not i gonna,
1: understand completely they're not yeah.
0: gonna because you know you got a guy who just got out of treatment today and you send them to a meeting and they're for an hour they're great mm. but as soon as he gets out the world gets right. gets at him
1: right so, it's coming after yeah I agree
0: so yeah we just gotta we gotta have more things to, you know I know Church of the Brethren has a uh, has a a camp, Camp Emmaus, up in Mount Morris. I, I would really I'd like to do something in recovery up there next summer, uh, you know, some kind of a recovery retreat or cookout or something. every end of the month, we take people bowling or axe throwing or to the movies if it's cold outside every month. just. To get people out of the house and and let them know that there is fun, there is life.
1: Amen. I agree a hundred percent. It is it is vital that we find those key components in the in the continuum of life. We um we have sadly created these areas where it is um. Go home after that. After that one hour of encouragement, and then uh, too many times we're sitting. Those those people find themselves sitting by themselves and trying to navigate through life. And I think what you're saying is vital. It is it is the it is um, the change that will make all the difference for people. Um, my uh, personal recovery, um, I, I use the church as um, my recovery community, and um, it did not matter that some people would tell you if you were able to find folks that were part of the church that I attended in Freeport, um, I would show up at women's meetings. It it didn't matter, I knew that I needed community around me and regardless of what else was taking place, this was going to be my safe place and I had to build community around me in order to stay sober, in order to stay alive, in order to change the stinking thinking that I found myself repetitively walking through The change makes all the difference and um, the recovery community, as you're speaking of, uh, has to be vital in making, assisting in making that difference. So I appreciate hearing you say that and having that creative mindset of change.
0: You know, the, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you've ever heard that the human species doesn't remember pain, right? We remember joy. But pain, God, thankfully, made us so that, that that goes away. And so, you know, if there was, if, if people remembered how painful things were, there'd be no more babies, right? Because women say it's a very painful thing. So the body has, to, we have to. And so I can't remember how much pain and struggle I had. I remember some good times, but the pain, eh. and so I, I can lie to myself and continue to step in the same hole, even though I know that every time I step in that hole, it hurts. And so my community around me becomes a sort of board of directors to say, hey, Gerald, don't you remember how much that hurt you last time? Don't you remember how much you complained? How much you cried? How much you said you didn't want to do this again? The question is, trust that community and, and that's what you know that's what i found in my church and 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 as well as my meetings is, is i'm surrounded by a community of people i have built that i trust excellent. when they give me that feedback
1: excellent and it it's vital it, it it's important to to um have the holistic um components of of what that picture looked like, uh, physiologically, our design is to do just what you're what you're saying is to allow for the pain to go away, um, and then and then see the joy and the good feelings of all the other things that that took place. You know, um, far too often, too many people talk about the good old days. Or, or some of these, some of these other things. Well, so, you know, the good old days really were not the good old days. If you really, if you really start to think about it and and take another look at what was going on, he, uh, they were not the good old days. But the context physiologically is is the feeding and uh, of our endorphins and opiate receptors to now begin to feel the good, uh, the chain uh, of the things that um fed those receptors. And if we we can um erase that tape and flip that script and allow for ourselves to to um be fed and blessed and feel good about the other things, that's where that change can can really take place. And we can start to feel good about um Paying the bills instead of uh, buying that eight ball uh, mm-hmm. to to be able to uh, to take a ride uh, with with your your wife and children, and instead of not having enough gas to go any place, and it 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 change, it erases that tape and it flips that script to say now I'm being. I'm being fed, my opiate receptors are being fed with something new, and it's and it's vital, and it's changing me, and it's changing my community around me, and all of those things now start to make a a, a tremendous difference. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That's what has to happen.
0: I love what you're saying. Absolutely. And so then we get back to the mental health side, right? Obviously, we need yeah. more mental health. The state has pulled back. They've made it harder. It's, you know, a lot of people out here. I will tell you, Pastor, if you have private insurance and you have a drug problem and you got that good insurance, they will send a helicopter to your house to get you. And you will be, <laughs> it, You can know you can't get off the phone with them before they got somebody sitting out front to come get you. But if you're on Medicaid or you're uninsured, Mental health care is very hard to find. Very hard, and 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 you know, one of the number one stressors is money, right? So here I am. I got no money. Can't figure it out. It's driving me bananas. And I ask for help, and there's nothing there. And I really think that's one of the the great crimes of, of of our society is that we do not take care of our people mental health the way
1: that we should that's tremendous what a tremendous statement and and how important it is to to see and understand um the entire um breadth of of those specific components and there there has to be a greater level of understanding there has to be um greater education um i happen to be part of um uh, the um Police and fire commission and and so um, we interview prospective applicants for for policemen and fire and firefighters. And um, one of the components that we look that we're looking at is the um, education for our first responders where mental health is concerned. And so many of these things, that need to take place so that um, the help that is needed is there at the very beginning. So what you're saying is is so vital. It's interesting um, and I won't belabor the fact that um, the mental health industry was one of the largest industries in dixon illinois with mm-hmm. the state school and and some of the other some of the other things so in my view we should be part of that leading community where mental health is concerned
0: well we've got a great resource in Mississippi. they they, they do a tremendous job and um you know they have been partner with us and and uh you know it's just uh I don't know. And it it's, it's just, there's, there's so much struggle out there and, you know, I, I just, I, it, it breaks my heart to think of, you know, Charles, Larry's daughter, you know, my daughter who has struggled other people's children. I just, Oh my goodness, man. We, we got to do better. We got to do better. But look, we, we come to the end of the half hour. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to shut it down. I, I, let me do that. Thank you to Debo's for sponsoring us. Thank you to Slang Music Group for, for the music. Thank you to NRG Media uh, for the airtime and, and helping us out. Thank you to all of our various partners. And, and to those out there needing help, there's always help. Somebody will help you. Uh, Pastor Cole will help you. Gerald will help you. Our, our organizations will help you. You just have to ask for help. Call your local police department, call your local church, call your local uh hospital. Just don't sit there in, in it by yourself and, and, and know that that someone will come to the rescue. And if they won't, uh please call me at 779-707-0151. Um, my guest today has been Pastor Michael Cole of the Worship Center in Dixon Church of the Brethren. We're reminding you that uh, Charles, David, Charles Larry has his state and Alive uh, Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Seminar September 16th of 2023 uh, at Church of the Brethren 215 North Court Street. Um, Pastor, thank you so much for spending this time, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for for having me and thank you again for all the work that you're doing. I know that it's it's based on passion and based on your desire to see lives change and lives saved. So I cannot thank you enough, Cheryl.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So until next week, we will see you. Thanks.